at the roulette table, and they're like, oh, Rudolph. And he goes, my name's not Rudolph. I'm Sydney. They've switched. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably going to spill bed on the thing. So he has now... Oh, there's my favorite guy. It is yeah, him! the count. He's... But he always gets humiliated. <laughs> what eyebrow immediately arches. Now, you don't get to see it. You hate that. Yeah. There's... You saw the guard laugh at it. Now, oh. Sydney has become the king, and he gets to marry his true love. Oh, isn't that nice? You are, you are now king and married to the girlfriend. Now drive me home, bitch. Still driver. Yeah, like I'll drive. Don't forget, don't forget your class. <laughs> right? They must be classes, bastards. Like you, you can still drive. You're a driver, after all. Yeah, there he is. Look, how cute. Yup, he's driving his own carriage. Some king. Upper crust. Oh, and then the movie pause. And then we get the, the Saturday Evening Post font. Saturday Evening Post font. Uh, letting us know that well, it's really wow, not 1980 they, yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like many films that came out in 1979 and 80. We're not there yet. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had just watched The Prisoner of Zenda. Wow, the third last movie from Peter Sellers. Carl, what did you think of The Prisoner of Zelda? I enjoyed it. It was not his best film at all whatsoever, but I still enjoyed it. Right. I think it's a good kid's film, right? And there's a little launch for the parents. and. Uh, uh, I don't know about a I kid's really film. I... There was a lot of sex in it. But nothing like... All right. Okay. Yeah, we're good well, parents. Yeah, you're right. It was flirtatious uh, innuendos, yeah. but uh... well, it's that that comedy timing, that comedy beat where Harpo chases the woman around the room. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's that kind of you know, yeah. Randy, and he's he's macking on married women, but for the most part, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. It was pretty boring. There was no fiendish plot of Fu Manchu, I guess. Is that how it was? Dr. Well, there if you, you listen to Who it with did? the audio, uh, the guys, Peter Sellers does a great acting job. I love his lisp. I loved him doing Cockney. Yeah. I loved him as the, uh, and, and of course, we had my favorite actor there. This film was enjoyable, yeah. I thought. Yeah, it was pretty good. And it's on YouTube, and it's on a lot of channels, to be honest with you. So it's not hard to find, but we right. like the version from Universal Galaxy Pictures, which I have now subscribed to. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed the movie. We are Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We're filmed on location in Austria and approved by number 25540. We're going to be back next Sunday. You can listen to us on Mutiny Radio at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, thanks to our great station manager, Bam Benjamin. And uh, Love next Bam. week, Carl. We love Bam. Do you, um, would you like to pick the movie for next week, or do you want to do it in two weeks? Uh, no, I'll do it in two weeks, because I really got to pick a clunker for you, and you got to watch it like four okay. times, dude. Yeah, I'll watch it. For, I swear, I, will, I promise our audience, I will watch the movie four times and have notes. Uh, but for you, my friend, our next movie is one of the Frankie Avalon and that's Minicello movies, and Good it's choice. on YouTube. 
Although I think it's on that channel that plays too many ads, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll iron out the details. Of course, it's not Beach Blanket Babylon. It's not Dr. Goldfoot in the uh, bikini, bikini machine. No, we're going to change course. We're not at the beach. It's Sea Party from 1966. And uh, Carl, can you play, can you do the trailer for me? Yes. Okay. So audience, just put in trailer Ski Party. And Mike said 66, but that would mean I was born. I wasn't born. It's Ski Party 1965 okay. trailer from the channel Night of the Trailers. So find that and slide oh, back wow. to 000. Okay, sounds good. I thought you were going to just reenact it, but I'm, I'm excited uh, to get to do it. When I reenacted 0 to 60, I had seen the movie, so I could do it. For this one, I, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, you, you're the guy at the improv uh, team who's like, what? A dentist? No, I, I, I don't know what a dentist does. You know, I'm not really a dentist. I wouldn't know. You have to Where? Wisconsin? Down. I've never been. Yeah. All right. So uh, give us the countdown and, and uh, play us the audio. Okay. Ski Party 1965 trailer. Night of the Trailers is the channel. In three, two, one, go. Yeah, what do surfers and sunners do? Sunners. When it snows. <laughs> Ski party. This is gonna yeah. suck. Whoops. Join Frankie oh, that Paul. As girls? What? As girls? Oh, and that's not in this one. So it's gonna be a musical? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And sixties dancing and old ladies looking hip. Oh, no, they're pretending to be women. When girls get together, Move over, Jack Lemon. Right. Fuck you, Tony Curtis. Really Wayne Hickman and Frankie Avalon are cross-dressing ski partiers. Wow, that's a big job. <laughs> Let's all go skiing. The tops. Yeah. Today's Nottis talents. Leslie Gore. Sunshine and lollipop. Wow, James Brown. Nice hair. Look at that. Yeah. There's like one guy bored. No, he's sick. A ski instructor, it's a pleasure to learn from. Now, and you say it stays completely dark for eight months of the year in Stockholm? Yeah, this is true. Well, she must have big light bills. No, she doesn't walk around much in the winter. Ha, ha, ha. That's a hell of a fire. Yeah, that's one of those weird... Our middle of the room fireplaces. Every he, there's a she. Send you soaring. Whoa, ski party. It's a long ass trailer. Where's James Brown on the skis? Very nice. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we'll be watching next week, and we hope you can join us. Carl, it's been a pleasure.
I agree. And it was a pleasure to watch that film yeah. with you. And thank you for pretending that yeah. you enjoyed it. Oh, I did that for at least the first 48 hour, uh, minutes of this movie. So uh, at least I could do. The Wonderful. First... No, it was good. It was, it was great. And I don't have to watch it again. Uh, audience, thank you so much. We would love to see you back next week. Uh, I want to mention you have a, a open mic on Zoom on Tuesdays, but that's like saying you have a podcast. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're done. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> you're a comic with a Zoom show and a podcast. What the? Ooh, you're living you're a life, nobody. living a dream. <laughs> <laughs> you are nobody. Living a nightmare. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just watch ski party right now. Let's keep the show. No, yeah, let's done. keep going. All right, that's what it is. Let's keep going. Nah. Next time. Let's watch full. Thank you very much. This is Yeah, that's the name of our show. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L W A F L M O Y T. Ready to roll. I'm gonna pronounce La Waffle No End Aunt. Got it. There's no end at the end. I added that. La Waffle Met. La Waffle Mot. Waffle Mot. The Waffle Mod. Yeah, obviously. Well, it's it's short for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We stream first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with a great uh, collections of shows on Sunday. Before us is The Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. And then there's usually some uh, great stuff our station manager, Bam Benjamin, does on at 4 o'clock. So, uh, the only sponsor today is Muni Radio. Go ahead to Venmo and uh, throw in some bucks to donate to Muni Radio at Muni Radio. So we want you also to go to YouTube to fully experience this podcast. Sure, we have a Twitter site called LWAFLMOYT. Sure, we have a great YouTube channel, which has an advanced episode. More on that at the end of the show. Right. Already posted at 
W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we have uh, our Facebook page at Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Oh, it does not flow off my tongue. Uh, Carl, what is the movie today? What are we watching? Okay, today we will watch A Night in Casablanca, 1946. Casablanca? A Night in Casablanca, 1946. It's not like A Night of the Round Table. You type A-N-I-G-H-T in Casablanca, and that's Casa like a house, C-A-S-A, and Blanca like white, uh -huh. E-L-A-N-C-A, one word, Casablanca, 1946. And we like right. channel Groovy Movies. Oh, I like that rhyme. Okay, I'm subscribing to them. So go ahead to find A Night in Casablanca, 1946, Marx Brothers Comedy, and that's Brothers Short. You click the link, courtesy of Groovy Movies. Hit pause immediately, get that slider to zero, zero, zero. And we want to watch this movie. Let us watch this movie all together. So we want to count down and hit so at the same time, and we are so honored to have none other than the host of the previous podcast, The Edge of Insanity, which is available as a podcast or listen live at noon, um, Paul Brumbaugh. Paul, great to have you here. Oh, that's right. Paul's not here, but we have in his place the Prince Proxy of uh, preening and numerals. Will you give it up for the Paul Brumbaugh? Very excited. Oh, the Marx Brothers. Mm -hmm. We're going to risk comedy over a comedy tonight. And there it is. Do you see him? There's Chico. <laughs> right there in the opening credits. With his rent-a-camel. Did you see Chico? Yeah, and he's there. Uh, he's He is a rent-a-camel guy. He's a, he, he, owns, he owns yellow camel. Oh, that's the camel company that he runs? Right. They yeah, I heard it's checkered. really a lot. Oh, there's a checker? Yeah, uh, I prefer yellow camel because the phone number is always the same, just one digit. It's easy to remember. But checker camel isn't yellow. They'll go anywhere. Well, don't you call uh, – I mean, honestly, I usually just call a camel Uber. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Uber camel. In today's day and age? Or, well, I used to well back in before times. I used to take a uh, Uber camel uh, pool, and it would be six of us on the camel. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you, you guys really needed a dromedary. Yeah, we had to do a dromedary, but no hey, one was really talking about it. Whoa! Uh, that's a, whoa! What happened? That was the uh, of the hotel. Don't order what that guy had. Mm -hmm. He's the manager of the hotel. It's a one star. There's my ah. review. Get, call me a camel Uber. The poison is excellent today, sir. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. Poison it is. 
There's man, this more shady characters. Tricky. Uh, so there's a bad guy. Yeah, this is what you know. Like these movies, like when they when Marx Brothers started making movies later on, you barely got to them. You just wanted to see a Marx Brothers. So it was cool to see Chico up front and then go to this boring story. You know, get to the exposition. Yeah, well, they're trying to look like. Uh... Okay, so at first this movie was all gonna be a spoof on Casablanca, and oh, the movie Casablanca. Yeah. But in right they now, were fully aware. Oh, listen. You see, he said, "Round up all likely suspects." That's as close as we get to the Casablanca movie. Ah, the usual suspects. Yeah, right. Stephen. <clears throat> now, Stephen Baldwin. Here's Kevin a Spacey. funny gag. I gotta interrupt uh, you because this is one of the funniest gags in the whole movie. He's like, what are you holding hey, up? Hey, it's awesome. Uh-oh. <laughs> boom. Talk about the house boom. House bus, indeed. Man, that was some house party. He really rocked the house. Yeah, that's right. That was part of the house uh, boom. And, and bus. Yeah, the housing boom. That was the housing crash in 2007. Finally, house MD. Those are all the house jokes I have. <laughs> So this is what the oh look at this guy oh he's Zeppo no he's that's the straight yeah. man well yeah yeah but he's not a Marx brother but yes look at him he's stiffer than the grand uh, than the babysitter and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead <laughs> he's stiffer than the stiff so what he's saying yeah. is he was in Nazi France. And they forced him at gunpoint to fly a plane to South America with all sorts of treasure, like Nazi treasure. But he couldn't uh, do it in good conscience. So he dropped his fuel, making himself crash. A ridiculous premise. And he crashed in Casablanca. Why don't you just land the plane? Just land the plane. But no, he crashed in Casablanca. He got arrested. So this is like came back, the treasure was gone. Interesting. So the treasure is somewhere in Casablanca. Right. Now, he threw off the first loot crates, am I right? Because there was loot in the crates. So the, the loot. How much did it cost? Like the microtransaction. The loot waffa. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what you're saying, but he just crashed the plane. Like, he didn't. He got his fuel and dropped his fuel. He didn't. Yeah, he could have just landed. And, yeah, he could have just landed. Can you imagine being. Can you pilot a plane with Nazis holding a gun to your head the whole time? Uh, the Nazis weren't in the. Hey, maybe no, but they forced him to. The Nazis so were which, in the plane, what... and that's why he crashed to make it look like he had no choice. It was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this guy is a Nazi, right? He's a. Uh... This guy is a Nazi, and yeah. he now has a secret cable from one of his Nazi henchmen. What year is this supposed to be? Is this the same time as the movie Casablanca? I don't think so. I, I think this is post-war. Oh, that's truly case. Oh, hey, look at that. Now it's in the secret code book. Four on the book. Um, so let's see. A equals B. B equals C. 
Okay, this is oh. his man. Yeah, his manservant. He he plays a manservant to a Nazi. Yes, Harpo. <laughs> now here we have our first funny joke. He's he's oh, yeah. buffing the shoes. He's uh, polishing the shoes. Shoe shine. I I love this movie. I mean, it's so great just to see him. You know, even if he's like kind of old Harpo or older Harpo. You know, he this was really takes them a little bit longer. This is his last film? This was the Marx Brothers. There was another Marx Brothers film, but they weren't even on the same scenes together. Yeah. Okay. Right, so, yeah. There was uh, – yeah. Well, I, I don't know. People criticize this like it's the worst Marx Brothers movie. I don't agree. This movie's perfectly fine. They um, They do all the Marx Brothers things. Look, he puts his vest on inside right. out. Ah, that's a poor investment. Now, which one is Chico? Chico would be the Italian. That's why I figured he would be the manservant. Okay, so in 1946, the Marx Brothers considered themselves retired as a screen team, but brother Chico's ongoing financial difficulties coaxed them back in the studio for a final film. So that's what we're seeing here. Like, help a brother out. Now look, he puts on his jacket backwards and puts his hat. <laughs> Max, your hat. What? What? Oh, you I thought that was the stick of my. Oh man, ouch! Look at it—he's so old you can see the dust come off him. <laughs> it is an old man. Jeez, even the three stooges stopped at that. That's why I like the three students. They're in their 70s, 60s or whatever, and they're just kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. Oh, he can't be in his 60s huh? here. I could no, be... you think he's in his 50s? Okay. Now, this part of the movie what sucks. happens here? All right. Whoop! Toupee gone. Whoop. Toupee gone. Ooh, and he's got a scar on his head. Yeah. That's how I lost my Merkin. You know, I, I lost my Merkin that way. Don't ask me how I had the vacuum cleaner in this. I lost my Merkin, too. I was trying to fuck the vacuum. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> okay, so yeah. let's see here. Harpo we both did it. Yeah. Harpo Marx. Oh, here's the song. A kiss is not a kiss. That's why I was wondering if this was a Warner Brothers movie, because Warner Brothers always starts their film with that little snippet from Casablanca. As time rolls by. This is Who's Sorry Now in French. Oh, all the French people in Casablanca are like, yeah, we. Oui. It's French from Morocco, right? Yeah. Okay, Harpo was born in 1910, so he was 56 years old in 46. Oh, that's not bad. So I am two I, you know, younger than he is in this film. Oh, right. So it's not that bad. So for, for us, it's like he's the average man now. When my wife kisses it, me, I it does come off. A cocaine? No. It does. Okay, so he lost his test. 
his a toupee, and therefore he couldn't leave his room because he has this distinguishing scar on his head, and everyone will know he's the famous Nazi Heinrich something. Okay. Oh right, didn't didn't Brad Pitt and uh, Eli Roth carve a swastika on his forehead at the end of the Glorious Bastards? That's or right. Someday you're going to take that uniform off. Heinrich Stuber. <laughs> oh, he has his evil name on, written on there? How'd you know it was me? It was on your underwear. Okay, here we go. Finally, we get to Chico. Bad prop. You fool! If you cut that in my forehead, your, your superiors will kill you. Nah. I think I'll probably get chewed out. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that, the ball shake. Only a brother could do that. Right. See, they're brothers. Bro even, Nick yeah, because otherwise, no other... I'm not going to shake your hand under your balls. Unless. That was actually uh, pretty dangerous, because at, at their age, their balls hung low. That's what I was saying. They would have gotten in the way of the handshake. Okay, now... The manager of the hotel has died, has been murdered by, you know, every, like for the last five managers because Stubel's trying to become the manager. And here comes Groucho, the new manager. Hey, it's Groucho. Now, I don't know why I love their banter. this is the worst. It's the, they're doing exactly what they always do. Yeah, I always understood that this movie wasn't really known because it was it was so the title was so close to Casablanca, they had gotten sued and it just never really shows up. I first saw it in a box set that I have that has Go West and the big store and that's right. and room service as like the shitty film, post films after this. This one and then Day of the Races and Night of the Opera. Yeah. So, you know, I, I films too. You know, it's better than Day of Races. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Groucho, first of all, they never got sued. They never got sued. It was Groucho himself who lied and said, you know that Warner Brothers is suing us? And he wanted oh, to... Oh, no shit, Groucho. Right. Yeah, there he goes. Hello, do you see the new manager? Well, I am the new manager. Right. You know, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How I got in my pajamas is because I fucked him before I shot him. Hey, you! That's my question, Mark. He said, we have assembled the staff to see what you expect of them. Never mind that. Assemble the guests. Oh, uh, then we assemble. Okay. So then he barks out orders, right? He's like, right. okay, you, I want you to mop the floor. Better yet, mop the ceiling. Well, why aren't you mopping the floor and the ceiling? You, make me a grilled cheese sandwich. Better yet, make it a you know, real cheese sandwich. He's like, what do you want to do first? First, I want to rename, renumber all the rooms. And he goes, what? But the guests will walk into the wrong rooms. Think of the confusion. He goes, think of the fun. Oh, right. Yeah, they all get it on. He goes. Russia has uh, a lot of anyone. He goes, we've got to speed things up around here. He calls in the chef. And he goes, if they ask for a three-minute egg, give them it in two minutes. If they ask for a two-minute egg, give it to them in one minute. If they ask for a one-minute egg, give them a chicken and let them figure it out. And if they can't figure it out, I have two more pages of this. 
<laughs> All right, no, I'm going to leave. You're going to leave, eh? You want a tip, huh? No, I don't want a tip. I just want to leave. So. He was always, the, yeah. Well, I was just going to tell you more about this fake lawsuit. I mean, he just did it to, uh, to, to hype up his movie and have people go see it. Um, he said, Groucho responded with a letter asserting that he and his siblings had use of the word brothers, you know, like Mark, Mark's brothers, prior to the establishment right. of Warner Brothers. You know, and so he was going, we're going to go. Uh, oh, so was, I fell for it. I thought the whole thing was real. I don't know, you know, they don't really show this one. I think that's another thing is that you give a chance to see the Marsh Brothers movies, especially like on TCM, but they don't really, uh, you don't really see this one. No, it's like the the last one and just thrown together to make a little money. But I got to tell you, they do all their standard, like, you're going to see, like what? Like, Chico. Oh, 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 oh. allow me, allow me, allow me. Yeah, Chico's gonna walk by. There'll be a piano in like some room, yeah. and Chico's gonna walk by. And he's gonna be like, "Oh, and he'll figure pop it a couple of times." Right. And then later, like Harpo will walk by, and there'll be a room with a harp, and he'll be like, "Oh," and he'll figure pluck it a couple of times. And then there'll be Margaret Dumont. But in this movie, we have an, uh, I guess, a Nazi general or move Margaret Dumont. It's gonna be all that stuff. Yeah. It's gonna be the um, like. Chico has um, Harpo has something very important to tell Chico, but of course Harpo doesn't speak, so they got to play charades. Right, but he makes noises, right? So he'll be like, "Oh, is it aeroplane?" Right, exactly. And uh, Chico will try to scam Groucho, and you know, it's 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 a standard Marx Brothers. Yeah. I guess, you know, the, the fable of movies, like, they would always say that they went on tour with it, and they just kind of tweaked it until it was a machine, and then they just went ahead and filmed it, but I don't know. I mean, like, uh, this one's pretty solid. You know, they didn't need to go on the road on this one. Well, Vaudeville made the Marx Brothers hone their act, all their stupid jokes, and um, yeah. this was... You know, post this was like retirement. He's cutting off. If I don't have a toupee on my head, neither do these roses. <laughs> so, Groucho threatened legal action against Warner Brothers because their current film was called Night and Day, and he said that infringes on the titles of our Night at the Opera and Day at the Races. They can't get away with this. Well, I can see like if it was the Road Two series. You know, like they should have sued Bob Hope and Vin Crosby should have sued Road to Partition, but that's just me. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's big enough. The way I mean, they, you knew it was a Marx Brothers movie because the way it was named. Duck Soup wasn't named that way. Monkey Business. I guess it was two word kind of. What was the other one? Coconut Face and. Yeah. Okay, so. Raspberry. They're threatening to have a duel, a sword duel, and he's the greatest swordsman in Bavaria, which is uh, South. Well, that's like a. He has fucking real swords on his wall, and he's just, like, pulling it out and chopping up the furniture. Yeah. Hey. See the funny joke? Oh. He's in an umpire's outfit. Yeah. Protect him. He thinks that's been protect him. 
<laughs> you know how many, Carl, do you know how many times he's done this bit? This is the umpteenth time. It's the umpteenth time. Oh, <laughs> good one. Uh, I guess not, but yeah, thanks anyway. Oh, that's a sharp knife. Look at that twisting. Boing. Standard, like, walk five paces, right? So he's going to walk backwards. Right. Ah. And he goes, he said ah, 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 ah. Get over there, you fool. He's not punishing. He could just kill him. He was lying. You know, you don't have to have a duel. You can just shoot the guy. <laughs> Umpire's not going to stop that. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. I would put my monocle on after that stunt. Now, usually Harpo would do the, uh, the shtick with, like, Groucho, right, and Duxy if they were the mirror. But this, he's just doing this with this guy. And the, the guy's doing all right. They're holding up. He's a good partner with Harpo Marks. Yeah, you know, we won't see the bit where Harpo's in front of a bunch of children. Oh, right. Oh, God, that's like, have you ever seen Night of the Opera where they're on the boat and they're going to go over to uh, the opera on the boat and uh, Chico just happens to be on a uh, deck where everyone's Italian and they just happen to be a piano and they just happen to be like six children by the piano. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, let me play you a song, kids. No, but... Harpo's the one who's like, children love him, like he's like a clown. Right, yeah. Well, he would drop silverware, too, like in several movies. Now look, what does I he have love, at like, the end? Dice. Hey, yeah, because he's on the ground. Oh, my God, that's an old joke. Now. But he has those props. He tires out. He just tires the guy out. <laughs> oh. This is in my audience now on Zoom. What if he ate the wrong prop? Would he die? If he rolled the apple and ate the dice? Okay, so the toupee is missing. So she's going to go to the lost and found Beatrice to see... Um, to find out if it's there. Because the Nazi's stuck in his room, Stubel. Why can't he just wear a, a cap, a Casablanca Fez? Casablanca. Right. Well, she's like an hourglass. Just wear a hat. I guess you weren't allowed inside. So, he that has, was a very funny he has a scary scar. He, um, he was scared of the beautiful woman. Uh, I'll give you a light. Better yet, uh, you give me the light. Better yet, let's open the window. Better yet. He's going, how is it down on the other end? <laughs> so now they smoke each other out, and he says, this yeah. is like living in Pittsburgh. If you call that... I think good money. We should flag this on YouTube. It's a smoking fetish video. Right. So this is before he grew a real mustache, right? Because when he became older, he had like a real mustache. It wasn't a grease paint. Yeah, like when you would do the um, 
get uh, talk your show. show. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get your life. Or best of Groucho as it was on syndication. She goes, I you know this. I stop at the hotel. I am Groucho. I stop at nothing. Now they're at the lost town. No, oh, they're lost and found. He, uh, you bet your life, you know, Groucho Marx was friends with Alice Cooper. And they, had, oh. they were photographed together. But I was watching You Bet Your Life, and one of the contestants was this older woman named Alice Cooper. Isn't that strange? I guess it's bound to happen. Okay, listen to this. Yeah, I know. Did you hear that? He goes, you know, I, I, miss- I think you might be the most beautiful woman in the world. She goes, really? And he goes, no, but I don't mind lying if it'll get me somewhere. Wink, wink. Yeah, he's really dirty now. So For a 56-year-old, he's pretty filthy. Yes, absolutely. It's always implied. And um, later he will deny guests a room because they don't have a marriage certificate. Like, because the world was pretty prim and proper. So... She has done her job. She has discovered that in the lost and found is, you see how she walked and her butt went back and forth? Groucho just said, yeah. that reminds me, I have to fix my watch. Hourglass figure, but he said that to us, the audience, the, yeah. to the camera. Yeah, you don't like that. Here, watch her, him make fun of, Harpo make fun of her. Wow, how I... Uh, he just killed my... Uh... My heart on a smoke fetish. Now, his hair is natural here. Most of the time, he's got a wig on. Interesting. Uh, he looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh, look at that monocle joke. This is 1946? Yeah. Today, we would have a stereotype big- joke. Now, wait. Yeah. Here is... Who's sorry now? And they're pretending the audience is singing, but it's obviously a chorus. Actually, I, I hear a different song. Hey now, somebody once told me. Sing along if you know the words. You're I'm a- not the sharpest. Now, Why I you gotta be so rude? song, but this song actually um was like made in the 20s and so many people have recorded it interesting so it would be like a a traditional song like you would you would be able to sing it to a crowd of Casablanca in the 40s right and everyone would know it so it was published in 1923 and some guy named Isham Jones took it to the number 3 on the top hit list but also in 1923, were one, two, three, four other people recorded the same so- song. Something you don't see yeah. nowadays. But you can't get away with it now. You can kind of, I mean, you know, were they like, were they trying to rip off a hit song by just recording their own version? Like no, people get that. Back then, like someone would write a song and everyone would take a stab at it. Um. And there was a version in 1945. There was a version by Harry James in 45, released in 46. So maybe it was 
I don't know. Somehow that song got bought for this uh, for this movie. Interesting. Okay, now this guy has in information on how to look ugly. Um, his information is like what German might wear a toupee in the hotel, and he's like, "You have to give me a couple hundred francs for that, Monsieur." What kind of weird question? Oh yeah, look at Stiffy. Wait. Oh, and Harper's wearing a tux. So, here's one of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite scene, uh, or segment. He needs money. You know, Pierre needs a couple hundred francs, and he's broke. So, Chico wants to come up with money, uh, and the re the they see the maitre d. He goes, no, I'm not like that. Come on, you. He sees the maitre d' get tipped oh, yeah, he's back. and give a table to someone. So he's like, if everybody tips us for tables, he goes, I got it a good idea. <laughs> I love how a Jewish guy imitates an Italian guy. I just, it just never stops amusing me. Oh yeah, there you go. He was he's Jewish. He was Jewish. Yeah, but he's always like Chico or you know, I'm Castanetti or whatever his name is today. So there was one time oh, uh, I forget which movie it was, uh Groucho was showing him a map of where they were gonna build houses and the, it was down by like the levees, right? So he goes, Here it is right, uh -huh. good man, down by the levees and so Chico goes, oh, it's a Jewish neighborhood. Right, down by the levees. Yeah, once in a while, Groucho will slip that in. Is that the one? It's like coconut something. I wish I knew my shit better before I got on here. But, oh, coconut uh, something like that. It was the housing boom. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. That's the one with the sanity clause. Yes, and, okay, so Groucho... I don't know if he did it on purpose to get rid of the count, who's really the Nazi Stubel, but he spilled. He looked at the camera again. You you hate that. Yeah. Second time. No, that's why. Listen, if you're Eddie Murphy in his trading places, that is fine. No problem. Mm -hmm. oh, I guess I guess Groucho can get away with it. Yeah, he's so somewhere in. I'll have what she's having. Better yet, I'll have her. Yeah. Well, he's. She goes. She goes. I'm thirsty. And he goes. What are you having? And she goes. Champagne. He goes. Waiter. Waiter. He says. Get her a cheese sandwich. Put the get bill it to her. I don't get that. He's like, do you rumba? I don't, but I'll walk around. He goes. He gives her the cigar and goes. Hold this till I get back. Now he's like, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Now see there. I mean, it's all. They're continuing to populate the dance floor with tables and seating people for money. They don't even work here. Thank God the tables were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was for Groucho goes, like, like, I can remember when this was all farmland, you know? Groucho goes, I remember, I could remember when this was all dance floor. 
Oh, for the umpteenth time. He goes, uh, they have an excellent floor show here. Too bad they don't have a floor. See, look at how the bowl This is like a good film. Like in Goodfellas, where uh, he gets his own ta uh, table, like they bring him to the back. Right, right. Hey, I've got a flaw. How I got in my pajamas? It's because I paid him for sexual favors. Look, only Groucho oh, Grouch. dancing. So he just kicked the Nazi. First off, that Nazi has a big fucking scar on his face. Like that, that's pretty noticeable. Uh huh. Let alone on his forehead. Yes. On his bald spot. He's known to be bald and has a scar on his face. So if you meet a guy with a toupee with a scar on his face, don't think, oh, look, hey, Chico, I noticed you're walking by a piano. Do you mind to play? Right. Exactly right, Mike. See, the guy's like, hey, I got to make a phone call. Would you sit in for me? I'm calling Water Brothers. I'm letting, I'm calling fucking Humphrey Bogart. I'm calling Sam. Watch how he throws the baton. Holy shit. He nearly hit the trumpet player. <laughs> the trumpet player's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Chico. Look at that hate. That stare he's giving. What's he yeah, playing? You know the song, um, we'll roll out the barrel and we'll have a barrel of fun. That's what he's actually playing, but he doesn't really play that melody till the way end. Oh, I think I know the word. Roll out uh, the barrel. Make sure there's no monkeys in there. Yeah, barely. if there are monkeys. Now look at his finger. We'll get not sick. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. This, but and I love like what is this? Is a typical Marx Brothers film. This. There's nothing different here about this film except that they did it sort of like they just threw it together and did it last minute. But it's a it's your it's is everything the Marx Brothers promises you. I don't know why the yeah. internet thinks it's so. You know, it gets lumped. In, it gets lumped in like with all their later works or the crappy films. You know, which are kind of the same, one of the same. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, because I, I think Night of the Opera is probably my, my favorite. I mean, I love du Duck Soup's great. Duck Soup, yeah. yeah. Duck Soup's great. Flawless, that movie. Oh, hey, look, his buddy's back. He's on the second piano. Because that was the second piano. The joke of this song is they're all bouncing together. Oh, yeah. Come see Night in Casablanca. Chico has not one but two pianos. I'm gonna walk by two pianos. Are there two harps in this movie? Just the one harp. Yeah. I know why there is a number of harps. I mean, they didn't want to, you know. I that would, <laughs> you didn't, you don't want to harp on it. Well, you know, two of harps. There are two harps that beat as one. <laughs> You too. Yeah. Two of harps. You know, you too. Two uh, harps. <laughs> Be that. You could see it in Chico's. Blocks. I don't know. You could see the money like Chico's going to make in his eyes. He's like, I just got to do this number yeah. and my debts are paid. Yeah. 
That's right. Good. Yeah. Okay, so Beatrice oh, said, why can't we be alone? And he goes, if I didn't know the sound of your voice, I would swear that I said that. <laughs> so she goes, meet, meet me on the corner of La Rue, blah, blah, and La Rue, right? So that's where Groucho went off yeah. to. Groucho is dirty. Rue Lafayette. These guys are like. So oh, yeah. Means... Rue means street. Look, he's all fucked wow. because he got tried to get somebody. A car tried to hit him. Yeah, he's a fucking meth cooker. Is what happened. His lab blew up. Makes sense. That's why I talk a million miles an hour. Yeah, I'm covered in it. He goes. Great, because been. He goes. A a car tried to hit me. Then it tried to hit me again. Then I went up a, a palm tree and it hit <laughs> the palm tree. You know, it's like. Yeah. Well, that must be a bad ride. Oh, so they were trying to kill Groucho. Yes, they were. He's the manager. They're always trying to kill the manager. So Stubel can become the manager. And we don't know why, but I'll just ruin it for you. The The treasure is hidden in the hotel. And the manager, of course, no. have access to everything. Now, how many movies did they do in a fucking hotel, right? There was uh, room service. There was Coconut Grove. There was this one. I really don't know, but it's a very familiar setting for them. Now, Harpo is overhearing that they're going to try to kill Cornblue, which is Groucho, the manager. They're going to try to kill him. Bro, have you ever seen uh, Rob Zombie's uh, Devil Rejects nope. or uh, House of a Thousand Corpses? No. It has this, like, murder. There's a murder family. I wouldn't recommend the film, but they are named after uh, uh, Groucho Marx characters. Oh. So there's like Firefly and Otis Driftwood and Captain Spaulding, but they're like cruel serial killers. Yeah. But in the second I'm movie, interested. in Devil's Rejects, there's like a 70s TV. Uh, oh, they're doing the shtick you're telling. Yeah, it's the charades. The shtick. So super- oh, this is where he makes a Chinese joke, right? He goes, uh, she, uh, Chinese chop suey rice. Uh, yes, actually. I remember yes. Yeah, I do remember. He's trying to say surprise. Weird. And he goes, soup, oh, rice. soup rice. Soup rice. Oh, you got a surprise. Hey. Oh, my God. This thing goes on forever. It does. What's the message? What's the trade? How many words? 115. Fuck. This is going to take forever. <laughs> but he makes noises, right? Like he can make like barking noises. Why can't he just say, you know, they're gonna try to kill Groucho? Write it down. Uh, All my debts will be wiped away after this bit. Yeah, that's right. All I gotta do is ask you well, who's a room and then pay my debts. Hey! Yeah. Third base. Sorry, I wasn't listening. It makes him say... I don't know. Who? Who? Twist. Every dollar. B-twist. 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 Oh, my God. There's the dog sounds. This is more... Pekingese. Doglet. Pekingese. Oh, Pekingese. I was going to say dog legs. I go to the golf. Wait. Okay, for two hundred thousand dollars, 
We're on the final one. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah, we need like Rob Lowe to host this. Oh, I'm so sorry. The flower. It's a smack. Oh my god, this goes on. Well, this is the length of the show right here. The sketch. Our show is normally two hours. I blame this this routine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up your face. What's the matter, you? Hey. Hey, God, no respect. Hey. Hey. What you gonna do? Hey, what you gonna say? Ah, shut up. Shut up for your face. <laughs> it's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up for your face. So. That guy wasn't even Italian. Oh, here we go. Here's uh. Does he even know he's playing with uh, against the Nazi? He goes, he goes, reserve me a plain seat to Tunis. And he goes, oh, there's beautiful women in Tunis. He goes, I'm not interested in beautiful women. And he goes, oh, you should see some of the women I've dated then. Oh, I got you, right. So he goes, oh, no, crap. boss, he's got something to tell you. So he's doing all of that stuff. Super fast. Yeah. It's just, all three of them are on the same screen. Come back, Groucho. Oh, there they are. There's three things. Now, come back, Harpo. This is like the moment in Heat where Al Pacino and Robert De Niro on the same screen, on the same, you know, screen. You go, yeah, they're all together. He just made fun of his hat, you see. He goes, they're going to kill you. It's all over the hotel. He goes, why don't they tell me these things? He goes, I don't mind dying, but I just resent having to hear it from a guy with a p whose head comes to a point. Oh, yeah. What kind of hat is that? Is that like a pork? I mean, it, for, to me, it's always going to be a Chico hat, but I, I know it has a certain name to it. Well, I'm pork, sure. Is it a pork pot? Look it up, but I'm sure it's like, you know, in the 20s and 30s, it was some stereotypical Italian hat. Oh, right. I got you. I wear it every night in vaudeville. People loved it. Ooh, look at that wife. Uh-oh. You know Harvest going to eat that fucking candle. Yeah, he does, and he does the finger. Okay, so what happens here is he, you know, Harpo's hungry. So Chico's like, boss, your food could be poisoned. You need a guinea pig. He goes, I'm going to eat my steak. Right. You can have the guinea pig. Well, I think they could go down south. Oh, why would you go down south? My meth lab blew up in the last scene. I said a car hit me. Oh, yeah, look at that meat. He goes, you oh, they're eating sausage? Steak. And he goes, that is me steak. And I want to eat it. Oh, there we go. I guess they don't keep kosher. They made his hair super curly. His hair is just a normal straight hair. But he didn't wear right. a wig, and they made his hair super curly. So he would always wear a wig, but in this film, they just curled out his hair. Yeah. They gave him a perm. Here's your, uh, so he puts the flame on his Yeah. Hair. 
Nice. You know, they were talking about uh, Buster Keaton, and Buster Keaton sold a bunch of his gags to Marx Brothers. So the oh. scene where Harpo is in Night of the Opera, where he's tearing down the, the backdrops, that was from an old uh, Harold Lloyd film. I don't know where this joke came from. Probably a caveman. The giant cork. Yeah. Big Fred Flintstone sold them. And so there's so much cork glutch, there's no champagne in it. There was no room. Grass is going to stick it up his ass. Oh, no. That's like one of those te- old-style telephones. Not for any that, conversation. Right? It was a regular old modern telephone. It was a salty call. See, it's very classic Mother, Marx Brothers here. Mother. They're giving us what we yeah. paid for. Oh, gross. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's right. They touch each other's balls and they kiss each other in the mouth. Now look, I paid for that. His foot is like a. Watch, see. Oh yeah, he's a Marx Brother film. Right. Oh, it's like an ashtray. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I know that foot from Yellow Submarine. Now that was the typical girl running away from him, but he didn't chase. Right. Did you ever see The Man Who Came to Dinner? It was from the 30s, and it was based on a radio play or what have you, or a play, and uh, it's about a theater critic who gets stuck in this house, and he won't leave. He's like the guest that won't leave. Mm-hmm. And he brings over his friend, and his friend is like Harpo Marx, but it's played by Jimmy Durante. So it's Jimmy Durante has Harpo Marx, and he's chasing women around. He talks. He's off camera, but he's like, you know, he does the leg bit, and he chases. He sees a woman, and he drops everything and runs, chases after them. Watch, he's like offended. Oh, it's a zoo. He it is in the hotel motel, right? Casablanca. It's a hotel, but so <laughs> they don't have any bags. So he's like, they, he thinks they're just there to screw. I, he doesn't really. I, I don't know what's going on here. He's just teasing, I guess. But he wants to see their marriage license. It's funny. He goes, well, you know, if they if that couple wanted to go to the uh, Notel Motel in Casablanca, I would recommend the Straight Again Sam Motel. <laughs> Say it again, Sam. Spray it again. Spray. Oh, why well, I, I we never have sex. Yeah, there you go, the marathon. Okay, so I love how he smokes. They wanna kill him. So Beatrice is going to lure him to his her room. Right. She's also a Nazi, a Nazi singer. She's a Nazi sympathizer? I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know if she's a Nazi. I mean, uh... Well, this is possible. You know, sides can be reversed. party, were they? I mean, they weren't soldiers. I don't know. 
I never saw Casablanca. I saw Casablanca like years ago. Let's put it that way. Like that's nuts. You've got to see it. I've seen it. I've seen it once. Our friend Tom, he loved that movie. He had all these posters and uh, pictures of Humphrey Bogart, and he yeah, knew it by heart. You know what? Tom. Uh, it's almost like he was showing off, like. That movie's supposed well, to be a can... movie, so he was like, yeah, I love it. I don't know. Yeah, but also, I mean, how old was he? It was, he was pretty young. I mean, we, yeah, were in our, right. we were teenagers, so, you know, we all had our passions. I thought, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought I liked. I liked Abby Hoffman. I thought he was kind of a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they Movie-wise, I don't know. Between the fifth and sixth floor, so he can't go to Beatrice's room because he's stuck. So he says, oh, no. you go out there and get help. So Harpo Don't you think it's ironic? Discovery. He... Yeah. Oh, so he's going to find this loot, I guess, the loot crate. Oh, there it is, the loot crate entrance. Right. In video games, you can, you can, there's something called loot crates that you pay for with real money. And it, it's a gambling game where it offers you like a rare weapon. Could offer you. Hey, there it is. Treasure. Called Bob Babadan and uh, now we'll what, did you ever see that George Clooney movie one, where it's, we'll see the shadow of one of the cast members soon, one of the off-screen okay. people. Oh, like a by accident? Yeah. Ooh, real gold. That must have cost him a lot to to the scene. Just to do the set, right? We uh, thought. Um, we thought buying 1936 magazines for um, Little Miss Marker was a lot of money. Yeah, this is too much it is. Hey, did he find a harp? Uh-oh. Another harp? Two harps? Is it harpsichordist? He's killing it. You know, I love Harpo. This is great. It's, the thing is, is like you know, you've seen all the other movies so many times, but you don't really see this one as much. Wow, he's just—he doesn't care that it's looted art. He'll just fuck with it. George Clooney directed a bunch of movies, Carl. He directed a movie uh, about American soldiers reclaiming uh, stolen loot from the Nazis. With Bill I don't Murray I have no and Monument yeah, Man. Bob. Monument Man. Well, I can't, I'm sure it was very memorable, even though I couldn't even remember the name. I wonder if they found a harp and then, like, Bill Murray played it. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human, too? This movie was originally going to be a complete and 100% spoof on Casablanca. Really? That's interesting, because Casablanca came out, what, like two years prior? Uh, 42, so four years Oh, prior. so four years. That's right, it, it happened during the war, I remember that. Now, I was there. Marx Brothers financed this movie themselves. Did they get their money back? Uh, I don't know. Chico's probably like, I still in debt. Couldn't he play the harp better in that movie? Now, he plays a classical song and then he jazzes it up. 
Yeah. Do you know the classical song? It goes dun 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 dun. He does that, but he jazzes it up. I actually know that song from what you sang to me. It's my ringtone. <laughs> I actually listened to my phone. I was going to hang up. I thought I wasn't going to answer. I thought it was my mom. There you go. Yeah. Now, the harp isn't the most difficult thing in the world. Like any other instrument, you learn it. Um, but he is very talented, you know? Um, the harp is right. sort of like if you had a piano, the guts of a piano standing up straight. So each note is, each string is its own note. You know, he's very talented. It's People look at the harp and they're like, oh, I could never do that. You can there, it's even color coordinated, you know. Uh, if you took harp lessons, you could get it. But uh, he's very good. Well, I think it's that you can like. It's not like you could walk into like this guitar center and put down a, a layaway plan for a harp. No. You know, either you have a harp or you don't have a harp. Right. Tuning. Unless I mean, unless someone. I mean, at what point do you go? Let's get a harp, and you're like, okay, son, you better fucking commit to this goddamn harp. Otherwise, I got to put in the closet with the piano and the uh, uh, the theremin. Look, I don't want to play harp anymore. I want to play theremin. Theremin's oh. great. That's spooky sounding. I own a theremin. I never turned it on. Really? Yeah. Oh, Carl, can I tell you a really funny story? Okay. Years ago, at a movie theater that closed, but there was a documentary in the '90s called Theremin. And it was about the theremin and it talked about Lost Weekend and talked about all the science fiction movies and talks about the guy and the, the weird history of this guy and with the Russians. And uh, the movie theater had promised a live theremin player called, I think it was like Nickelback Theater or something like that. Okay. But this man was going to play the theremin afterwards. So this whole movie unspools and everyone was like really enchanted by the whole like mystique of the, the creator and the music and the, the pop culture influence. And at the end of the movie, this guy comes in and with his theremin, he puts it right in front of the screen. Within 30 seconds of playing, half the audience has left. Really? Like the guy was like, yeah, like the whole audience left. Like they were so psyched at hearing about this, this musical instrument. And then when the guy actually played it, everyone just walked out. That's like he was doing like noise type of stuff. But I, I, I watched the whole thing. I liked it. Oh, boy. This time I'll walk. Yeah. I'll climb up the stairs. Now, Chico knows because Harpo told him they're trying to kill him. So this whole segment... Chico will interrupt and cause trouble, trying to be his bodyguard, you know. So All right. the ruse is uh, Heinrich is going to come, you know, the Count is going to come through the door and find Groucho and pretend to be jealous fiancé and kill him. 
And then they'll say it was self-defense or some such thing. So he keeps showing up, but they've changed rooms. And where's Chico? Chico? He's going to show up, right? Yeah, he's going to yeah. knock on the door and stuff like that. So he'll be like, yeah, so uh, let's have sex. Okay. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, uh, I'm here to have sex. Oh, there's the Pekingese. Right. Or as I like to say, what? You got a Pekingese? Oh. Yeah. See? He goes, oh, boss. You got a girl in there. Yeah, right. Let me in. <laughs> oh yeah. So he would always play against like Margaret Dumont, like the upper crust woman, like who's just oh, yeah. you know he would kind of. But she was never a Nazi sympathizer. No, she was always just the oh my goodness lady, you know the yeah shocked. Well, a lot of times. It, like in Duck Soup, she's always like kind of bemused, you know, like obviously he's taking advantage of her, but she just, you know, she's charmed by the whole thing. Like I, I ultimately think it's like, but this one is like, you know, I guess in Casablanca in the movie, like the, there's no really good guy or bad guy. It's kind of blurred. So that maybe that's why. What in this film? The comedy dynamic. Really good and well, in, in the actual Casablanca. Oh, uh, no, there is actual good and bad guys, right? Um, I don't know. I saw it once. I saw it in film class. Okay, I audited so, a film class and watched it. Uh, Ig, Ig, Ingrid Bergman is trying to help her husband who's helping the cause of the war, okay? So in a sense, he's a bad guy to Sam. But at the same time, Sam overcomes his own personal uh i don't know what the word is to go for the greater good so the guy's not an enemy in the end so it is complicated uh, isn't it yeah i guess it is oh my god what a word dog Hey, boss, you got a girl in there. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's the worst time. She goes always knock at the door. <laughs> hey, did we get paid up front for this movie? Chico, not now. This movie was about money. As a matter of fact, I don't know who offered him, but Harpo was offered 50 grand. Remember, in 1946 money, so that would be about a half a million dollars, to utter the single word murder in this film. Presumably to add publicity value to the film, having him speak only the only time on screen. Harpo declined the offer and never spoke publicly mm. until a concert one year before his death. Well, he, he, he had a famous, uh, there's a famous book called Harpo Speaks, written by his son. Uh, that that kind of paints like a very a very nice portrait of his of his father and uh, a lot of people kind of learned about Harpo that way you know and there's also the Groucho letters which I never read but 
I read the Harper book years ago, and uh, there's always like there's always cool film books with the Har- with the Marsh Brothers. You know, always like black and white photos or just like the original title cards, and then kind of vaudeville photos and stuff like that. Like, if you dig around and use bookstore, I'm sure you're gonna find like some out of print Marsh Brothers books, scripts, Wyatt Ducks. Right. Yeah. That's good that Mark. I wouldn't ask. I mean, was known. I saw some footage of him with his family, and he was super old, like seventy or something, and he was still funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, they all kind of held up pretty well. Yeah. I guess it's for Zeppo. Were you a fan of Zeppo? Like when no, there was really. the four Marx Brothers. Great man. He would always have the romance, like the, whoever, whatever girl he was courting would always last her at the end. Right, and he'd be a beautiful singer. So Harpo found five bucks, right? So the Count will have none yeah. of that. If you're doing number five, I'm not. So Harpo <laughs> will win. So... He is such an anarchist. Now he'll let it ride, and he'll win again. And he'll let it ride, and he'll win again. Nice. Oh, and he knows, like, that's Rusty. So he's like, I can't believe my pool boy is winning. Right. Wow, that's some animation right there. The coin's going up. They must have got it from the gold diggers of 1933 or something. <laughs> 49, the, go, the gold rush? Yeah, I guess. No, there was a, it was a Bugsby Berkeley kind of a musical uh, review, and it was uh, basically various song numbers and skits, and it came out in 33, so they called it the Gold Diggers of 33. Oh, oh. It was, it's a cool movie. I think it was 33, but they, it was named after the year of its release, like as if it was a vaudeville show where they say, you know, 39's greatest uh, show. The 39 review. Sounds fun. Never heard of it. You know what sounds terrible? The Gold Diggers of 2020. That is one year I do not want to relive. <laughs> I would like to get a Gold Digger. I mean, there's no gold, but... Oh, yeah. yeah you have to get the gold first. Bye! Hey, he's winning. So... He's the manager of the hotel, so he goes up and he goes, oh, we have gambling here? You know, like all surprised. And he goes, sir, if he, you know, the limit is too high. If he wins, he will break the bank. And he goes, well, you know the odds of someone hitting five again? There's no way he's going to do that. And they say, (laughs) so he goes, what, not if I roll the wheel so groucho himself threw the ball and now the count is convincing the cop and the mayor of the town that it was a setup they're in it together interesting but they weren't no it was luck yeah you know carl there's a comic book that just that came out recently which took a script that Salvador Dali wrote. He was going to make a movie with the Marx Brothers. And he was like, really? Oh, giraffe something. Yeah, so this guy took the script and took some historical notes, and he just kind of made a graphic novel of it. 
And, it's, and it stars the Marx Brothers and it has Salvador Dali in it. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Okay. There's always now we have our there. Act 3 set up. Okay. Okay. They've been thrown into jail. Okay. And Beatrice is going to overhear that the Count is taking the... He's been now... Uh, He's become the hotel manager, so he's going to take the Nazi loot and run away, and they're going to leave Beatrice behind. So Beatrice sort of like changes sides, um, calls the cops on him and stuff. You go, Beatrice. Meanwhile, Pierre is going to get flown to uh, France by plane and tried by a military court for, I don't know, Taking the treasure and crashing his plane? I'm not sure for what. So he's a bad guy in this. What? Look at, oh. Oh, sorry, I was distracted by Harpo's antics in the background. You, you didn't say he was the bad guy. He's the good guy, you see? And, like, this is the Act 3 setup. Everything's down on its luck. He's going to get tried by a military tribunal. But now they find out <laughs> oh, Harpo knows where the treasure is. Yeah. Ground for basement. Treasure. Next floor, basement. Men's outerwear. Treasure. Be quiet. It will never escape if you keep on yelling. There you go. Oh, they can let her out, too. Come on. Come on, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Next Remember, floor, house wear, formal wear, treasure. <laughs> Nazi loot. Nazi loot. Wow, so they got a lot of crap. is hearing she's going to be on the outs. So she's pretending she's horrible acting. She's pretending she's calling. <laughs> you think, they, you think uh, Archie Mayo, the director, is behind uh, the office camera? Uh, hello. <laughs> Thanks, Archie. You're right. What kind of white name is that? Archibald Mayonnaise. Archibald L. Mayonnaise. <laughs> and um, Archie L. By Joseph Fields and Ronald Kibble. Kibby. Uh, Ronald Kibby, Kibby. wrote oh. Groucho Marx. Um, he was in the Air Force in World War II. And after the, you know, his military service, he co wrote this movie. Um, this is like almost immediately after he got out. Yeah. Because this is 1946, right? So the war just ended and uh, just ended. Yes. Well, that's nothing. Nothing better than going back to the theater and watching the war again. Yeah. Well, all films were like stuck on the war at this point. Now the Marx Brothers would be in one more film. It's called Love Happy, uh, but it's uninspired, yep. you know. And the three are never in the same scene together. So even though this isn't the literally their final film, it is. Well, this is the greatest story ever told, the Cecil B. DeMille movie, where it's like a three-hour film about Bible stories, and each, each Marx Brothers has their own scene in it. Uh-huh. But they're, they're not together. Which is crazy. 
the Beatles yeah. broke up, they would appear on each other's films, uh, on each other's uh, songs, you know, but never all of them together. Well, we could. I can name you a movie. We saw it where a Beatle, a Beatle made a movie and another Beatle showed up. Uh, you mean Ringo showing up for Paul? Yeah, for Give My Regards to Broad Street. Yeah. Absolutely right. Okay, now, as you know, this is the third act, but this is a very, very, very bizarre scene. This is an act two kind of scene. This is a, like, we're hiding so we can't be discovered scene. It's really smacks of act two, but it's not. Now, uh, the fiancé has run off to get Pierre from the airfield and bring him here because this Nazi treasure will exonerate him okay so the marx brothers idea is to delay delay the count from leaving delay the nazi from leaving it's really not an act three type of scene at all it doesn't make sense but here we are it's funny it is funny right yeah i mean you want to see them do the hijinks like that uh, no, but what I'm saying is, like, Act 3 is always about, like, it's about the car chase. It's about the ticking time bomb. It's about the contest, you know? Act 3 is the fight. It's the race. It's we've only got one hour before the bomb blows up. You know, Act 3 is always... Uh, well, when you, when you hide in a trunk, it's because you're going to discover something, and that's going to propel the story. That's Act 2 stuff. Hiding in a trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot book causing chaos. But yeah, I mean, the Marx Brothers I always love just because they're like chaos incarnate, you know, like it's yeah. always this, this, they're anarchists and it's great. And uh, fucking Bugs Money ripped off their act and made an empire. Bugs Bunny ripped I would the act right? You know, he's like Gracho and Chico and uh, Harper all mixed in one. He's He has that kind of... Well, he's Gracho banter. Yeah. He, he kind of scams people like Chico and he bends the rules like Harpo, you know, when it comes to props and stuff. Mm-hmm. Physics. Although, you know who I, I really feel bad for is the lemonade salesman and, and Duck Soup, the one where they put their feet in his lemonade. I always felt bad for that guy. I don't remember. Well, what happened? Well, they would, like, cut his tie, and they would, like, light his hat on fire, and they would, uh, like, he the guy shows up to his lemonade stand, and fucking Harpo has his feet. He's, like, sitting in the lemonade stand with his feet in the, in the lemonade. You know, I, I have seen every Harpo. Every Marx Brother movie, and I think that I remember other ones more than Duck Soup, I guess, even though that's the greatest one. Yeah. I loved when they went west and A Night at the Opera, and um... yeah, the Night at the Opera, they're mostly on a boat. Like, they don't get to the opera till the third act, but the, the, the boat stuff is hysterical. I mean, that's what I always loved. Is and Day of the Races, you know, I saw that. Yeah, right. They're stowaways and two hard-boiled eggs. 
honk, honk. Make that four boiled, hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, and there was the woman who's like, uh, you can't keep me cooped up in here. She was with the mobster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they did the, of course, the, they did the old mirror act. Uh. Well, that was, oh, in, in, in that one? No, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess so. I really like that. No, Duck Soup. People think that Groucho yeah, well, uh, is hysterical, but what they're doing is they're watching, like, the clips of him, the highlights, because he did. Right, oh, absolutely. He did have funny lines. He's not, in a regular movie, well, he, he tells so many not funny jokes. Well, they could have been funny back then. He's all about rhythm. He's all about cadence. He's all about a comic flow. Like, he has a comic rhythm to him that's undeniable. And so it doesn't really matter sometimes if it's not like a, a killer joke. It's just the the way he, you know, he'll look in the camera and he'll say, can you believe that? Or, you know, like, he'll just kind of go in and disrupt everyone. Duck Soup has all the great lines. And you're right that it could be that um, it, it culturally it was funny. And, and yeah. it's not a part of that culture. Right, yeah. I mean, sometimes he'll say, like, kind of a racist joke, and you go, whoa, where did that come from? Or, like, he'll do it... Uh, but it's more like, you know, just like it seemed like a joke at the time, like a reference to whatever, but... Yeah. Dave and the Races are in blackface, aren't they? Or they they, they oh, find, like, a shanty town. I don't know. You know, I guess I, I've got to... Um, I guess I gotta revisit my Marx Brothers because I just remember bits and you know it's been a long life. I've I I didn't sit down right. one day and marathon them. You know, I mean, you bump into them and they're great. Uh, eventually, you see them all, but I, I I guess I I only remember bits and pieces. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, you know, the Montclair we're from Montclair, New Jersey, both of us, and Montclair's public library had a uh, great uh, tech AV guy, like, and he would show movies, and he showed the Marx Brothers, and I forget which one it was, but I was probably 12, yeah. and I was there with some other friends from school, and my friends from school, you know, they laughed a bit, but they got up and left, and they came in and sat down. Mm -hmm. They got up and left, and they came back and sat down, and uh, the, te the tech guy, like, he was playing a projection, you know, it was back in the day. And he went up to us and said, don't ever walk in and out of a movie like that. It's a complete distraction. You're, you're ruining the experience. Yeah. And my friends never went back. I kept going back. I was like, cool. I didn't realize. <laughs> up, bottoms up. And, and, and this is the worst thing. He thinks he's going crazy. This is the worst they can do. The guy's a Nazi. They're just driving him crazy. My drawers are down, sir. They're upside down. My drawers, sir. Hang on, let's table it. Uh, some Eve humor. Yeah, some Act Two humor in in Act Three. Well, does the movie end after this scene? Uh, no. The movie does turn into an Act Three situation. Uh, after this scene. Gotcha. Harpo. He's going mad. 
It's impossible that they wouldn't have been found all this time. He would have never... You don't think a guy was there? Yeah, right. His back is... Well, that's a miracle. Plus, honestly, these guys are a little bit older, so it's taking them twice as long to hide. Oh, there's all the treasure. Oh, I was hoping for booze when they said they had royal crown. <laughs> Ding me. Okay. Oh, there we go. Now we're actually... He found his horn. All right. Now we're... Yeah, hey, come on, the boss. All about a chase to the plane. Right. But that wasn't that the end of Casablanca? They had to get on that plane? Oh, those poor old men. At the end of Casablanca, he says, like, he gives this speech, you know, forget Paris, and it turns into, like, just, you should YouTube the last scene of Casablanca. So many things that you've heard, including round up the usual suspects, uh, all these little catchphrases, mm -hmm. that's where it came from. Yeah, I mean, I see the parody. You know, it was one of those pop culture references that I, I knew as a reference more than the actual thing. So I knew all the parodies of Casablanca and uh, all the, like, references and the looks and, you know, like, uh, but I just never really, I saw the movie once. And my friend had a film class and I went to see uh, the movie with him. That was it. That was like 30 years ago. Wow. But... You know, it's also like, you know, eat your spinach type of thing. Like, if you haven't seen Citizen Kane, like, why bother? That was you a know? great film. You're right. You Casablanca? need to see that film. You need to see Casablanca. Casablanca. There's many films that are need, must see. Do not see A Night in Citizen Kane. It's a Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> not they, see. Do not see. Do not see. Oh, yeah. I used to love to play that game Nazi, and we used to love to play Triple Nazi. Oh, yeah. You would yell, Nazi. Right. We'd roll the dice. Yeah, Nazi! <laughs> See, now oh, man. These stunts are crazy. Act, They're like right? old guy jackass. What's that, Carl? I'm sorry. Now we're in the third act. I mean, look at this action. They're getting yeah. away. Catch them. Chase them. <laughs> All right. They found the truck. Sorry. Brothers only. Well, that's right. They can't. Oh, look at Chico. It's his truck. Yeah. Only brothers. You know, it's bros before military hoes. That's what I would say. Bros. Or Poe. He's the police. Bros before Poe. Poe. Rose before po -po's. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Talk about that. Sir, I got to catch my plane. Wow, look at the special effects. You can barely see the screen. <laughs> Although this must be crazy, having a truck drive alongside a plane. Now, this is in a studio. Right. 
this seems like uh, I'm watching Indiana Jones 4, right? Where it's the Crystal Skull, where it's like, whatever, you're going to survive it. You're stuck with a ladder, it looks like you're going to fall? Don't worry about it. You're at a nuclear bomb test site? Don't worry about it, you'll be in a fridge. Just get in the fridge. Did you remember there was a scene where, like, there's a two jeep, they're on a jeep, and the Nazis are on a jeep, and they're punching each They're both standing while the jeep is going through the jungle, and they're, like, just standing, punching two guys at a time. Right. And it's just like, who cares? I don't even, like, nothing matters anymore at that point. There's no tension. There's no, like... Right. You don't have you know, any like fear. Like, You'll get knocked off. What happens to the woman? Did she faint? She got hit off right when they're fighting? She got bonked on the head. They both did. It misses it. You ever see the thin man? At one point, the husband uh, punches the, his wife in the face so she'll pass out and not be endangered during when a uh, shooter shows up. Really? I have seen thin yeah. man movies. I didn't. I don't remember that one. The first one was a little harsh, but yeah, that's what he did. It was delightful. Ah, uh, look at him. I'm making a ladder joke. Right. I'm sorry, I would, I would not enter a plane that would have me as a member. <laughs> I'm going to wrung my neck. <laughs> yeah. So, they the hand... knock out the pilot, and then they realize, yeah. we got no pilot. No, oh, yeah. oh, whistle. <laughs> what are you going to say? Rash? Crash? Plane's gonna crash? Yeah. He's showing his ass. Harper's showing his ass. So they oh, that's a plane rash. Plane crash? Oh, you're doing the charades? Yeah, the charades. So he'll point to his bare bottom and he'll say, uh, plane? That's a plane rash. Pla oh, rash. Crash. Yeah. I can't compete against the Marsh Brothers girl. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry now. I'm sorry now. <laughs> I shouldn't have conked you on the head. Now, of course. Uh, uh, dog to pilot. Oh, another head concussion. Oh, there's Scarface. Oh, I gotta get my Nazi loot. Catch that plane. This is a hilarious sense in this movie. Right. You know how it irks you how, like, there's a big crash, but we don't get to see it. We see the aftermath. You're right. It's gonna happen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they gonna do that? Uh, so they were. Well, I know, him, like. And he's gonna save the day, but Harpo's not in on it, and he goes, huh? Bonk! <laughs> this guy's a great actor. Look, he does uh -huh. a great actor. He really looks like he has a concussion. Doesn't it? ringing. I've been hit on the well, head. In a small contained area like a plane, you do have to stand up and kind of walk a couple paces to find the spot. Uh-oh. Well, ups and downs. The the problem is that the the planes can be fine, but the uh, 
the in-flight movie is the Ritz Brothers. The what brothers? The Ritz Brothers. You ever see those guys? No, Rich, R-I-C-H, R-I-T-Z. R-I-T-Z, like the crackers. Ritz Brothers. No, I guess not. There, there were, I guess, uh, oh, have you ever seen Brain Donors mm. with uh, John Turturro? And uh, it was like, it was a version of the Marx Brothers, but it, it wasn't like the Three Stooges movies where characters played the actual, right. you know, iconic characters. It was just the archetype. So they had like Bob Nelson as like Harpo and they had John Turturro as Groucho and it was a Chico character and they just kind of harassed the school. It's a really good movie. Oh, yeah? Brain Donors? Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. Like, it, it, Here's the crash. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. We didn't get... Thank you for flying Southwest. <laughs> we didn't get to see it. We saw after. Now, oh, it went through the wall. Yeah. Now, you know how Harpo chases the girls? At the end of this yeah. film, the, all three of them will chase the girl. This is a horny movie. Right. They were were full-on horn dogs. You know who the the horniest uh, Marx Brothers was? It's Gummo. It was what? Gummo. Porno? (laughs) Porno. (laughs) Right, all right. I'll take that one. Look at this awful fake fighting. Look. Well, they're so old. When they sped it up, it looked like they were normal fighting. Mike, they're our age, Mike. I'm telling you, they're old. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. We're not old. You're right. They're our age. They're, this is normal stuff. I was up on the roof today. Oh. I'm not so old. He's caught. Nazi. Caught Nazi. He's being arrested for the murder oh. of the managers of the Casablanca Hotel. Nice. Caught. If this was Marathon Man, he would kill the woman who yells out his name and then run off. Oh. Harpo grew a beard this movie so long. Yeah. Oh, hey, Zeppo and his Zeppo's girl are kissing. True romance. Oh, they're all going to chase one girl? The brothers? Good. I thought I got her, but my other brother got her. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been uh, cast of characters, Groucho, Harpo, and Charles Drake and the rest. Wow. Carl, what would you think of this movie? I enjoyed it, and I think the internet's wrong that it's bad. I think it's a regular uh, regular Marx Brothers film. No, Nothing was sacrificed here. I mean, it's not like a crackerjack of an amazing film, but it's great. I mean, and it's also great because if you've seen all the other Marx Brothers, it's just nice to see one they did like this in the same format that you just really haven't seen as much. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just not overplayed to me. Like, I've I've seen all of them, so I haven't seen this one as much. They promised, you know, they promised a Marx Brothers movie, and we got all the bits that we're used to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, sure, the writing is not on par with the other ones, but, you know, who gives a shit? All right, well, that has been our movie here at Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Yeah, we we riffed, we MS3K'd the Marx Brothers, huh? Fuck you, everyone. (laughs) Our head is still up our ass. Uh, Carl, 
I'm very excited. Uh, it's at the end of, the, of our show. And where can people find you? Uh, they can go to carlsucks.com, and someday this COVID will be over, and uh, we'll be back. And we can go out But meanwhile, check out carlsucks.com for Carl, and uh, we'll be back next Sunday. We're going to do a movie because we are in quarantine. We recorded an extra episode that we were going to play, and we're going to play it next week, but it's already on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, it's a film called Zero to Sixty. I think it was 1967. Right. Uh, uh, Nineteen seventy-eight. Oh, I beg my pardon. Nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, uh, Carl, would you like to do the trailer for it? Well, there is no trailer. Okay, I'll do the trailer. <clears throat> zero right. to sixty, and we gonna go down to zero to sixty. He was a div- he was a divorced guy who hit rock bottom. Well, I'm telling you, I'm just so poor, you know. But he got a repo job and met a girl named. Larry. Hey, come on! I only care about myself! And together they had mayhem as they trying to wreck Knocking over fruit truck. Knocking over fruit stand. Zoom. Car chase. Car chase. Tune in next time for Zero to Sixty. Zero to Sixty. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's the trailer to Zero to Sixty. Uh, if you can't wait, just go to our YouTube channel. Carl's already synced up this episode to the movie, and you can experience it as an audiovisual treat. Otherwise, check us out next Sunday here on MutinyRadio.fm on Sunday at 2 p.m. or on our podcast where you can find it as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We would love for you to subscribe and not listen. We just need the subscribers. No, no, Everyone, no, thank no, you so much. Listen, you have to listen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you should listen. Oh, right. Yeah, you got to listen. Otherwise, it will clock in, I think. Uh, no, because we love you. And we're glad you're listening. Thank you, Carl. What a great show. This was a great episode. We actually successfully, I guess, uh, tried to make fun of a funnier movie. Right. So, uh, yeah. And we will see everyone next week. Thank you, Pam Benjamin and Mutiny Radio. And uh, thanks, everyone. What, did I miss anything? Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, audience. See you next oh. time. Yeah.
despise you. Hypocrisy is ubiquitous. It seems like errors and hunger is all we share. So the shapeless night, yeah. And then my deformities, they all conform in the prison of the prison. I chase the shadow. Outside these blinders and the 
lost sight, his blinders and learned to cry in the light. And reflections of pain, yeah. The fire and light from the sky keeps on defining all of these shapes that I cannot escape. Yeah, the prism, all the prisms. That was Salty and his Prison of Prism song. Jay Chez mix. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Hey, if anyone's listening and they want to call in, um, it, the number is 415-550-0511. You want to talk about rainbow stuff? I'm going to keep the song train rolling and play more um, rainbow tunes. This is a... Uh, a dear friend of mine from I Don't Know Cafe and his Monkey Evolution song. This is Justa. Thanks, Justa, for letting me play your 
your music. <laughs> well, it all started with a big old bang, bunch of dirty eyes, just that thing. Okay, that was Justa with Monkey Evolution here at the Always Free Podcast Immunity Radio. I've got It's Always Free. But we do take donations if you want to donate at the Mutiny Radio website or the Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Always free, but donations accepted. Um, Now I'm going to play a song from... Our beloved Jai from Roadkill Cafe. This is Dream Big Lie. This is a new song that I'm working on. Just wrote it tonight. It's a little sad, but they can't all be pop songs. If 